It's time to invest in you. City Colleges of Chicago can support you with a world-class education, whatever your goal is. Get started with summer classes at City Colleges. Apply now at ccc.edu apply. Hello, everyone. My name is Kendall LaRue with Indigo Studio Podcast. To get the people's opinion about the migrants coming to Chicago, we will be taken to the streets. Because of the trains, buses, and background chatter, some of the audio may be hard to hear. But bear with us as we take you on a journey from the people's perspective. Right here on Indigo Studios Podcast. What's your name? Joseph. Joseph what? Johnson. How do you feel about the Venezuelans? I feel good about the Venezuelans. I like them. You like them? I like them. They're sweet. And they're nice. Do they speak to you? They didn't speak. Mr. Johnson, do you feel like they're taking your resources? No, no, I do not. I think we're taking they Honestly, well, I mean, this, this is a free country, you know? I mean, it's a free country. The only reason why I think we're holding you back is you can be a person that happens to come out of school to achieve the things you want to watch. Do you think that we should send the Venezuelans to school? Yeah. No, people are already in school, but most of them don't come out. They lie about the things they say. They got a high school education? Uh, some of them do. Maybe them about, do. I would say about 40, 50 percent. About 40, 50 percent. How long have you lived on the streets of Chicago? Uh, I'm here, I've been out here since 2018. And I have respect for all you guys. Uh, I have respect for you too, man. All right, By the way, my name is Joseph. Good to meet you, Mr. Joseph. Can <laughs> I give you a hug? All right, come on. How do you feel about the Venezuelans being here? I don't feel no type of way about it. You don't feel no type of way about it? No. Do you feel like they're taking our resources? Yeah. Can you, uh, what's your name, sir? Joshua. Joshua what? I feel like Joshua, Joshua Mason. Mason. Can you spell it out for me, please? J-O-S-H-U-A. Okay, where y'all from? Memphis. Memphis. Are they in y'all city too? No, not really. Not really. Okay, Memphis. You're not a sanctuary city though. No, they're not. Okay, but how do you how do you feel about them being here? I feel like it's not fair that they getting stuff that we ain't get, you know what I'm saying? We've been here a long time. In slavery. You hear me? Yeah. Okay, cool. Hey, bro, can I ask you a question? My name is Kendall LaRue. What's your name? My name is Eric. Can you spell it? E-R-I-C. How you feel about the Venezuelans being down here? I love them. More people. More people. Okay. The youth of the future. How do you feel about the United States government taking their money to give it to Venezuelans? From black children. Yes, so. Do you think that free education for all African Americans will be the compromise? It could, possibly. What do you think that we could do to change more jobs? And what's your name again? Eric Moore. Eric Moore. What do you do this for though? Indigo uh, Magazine, live. My own perspective of it is that, you know, politics overrule that thing, so you ain't gonna be able to, you know what I'm saying, unless, you know, 
this country was started with immigrants, but at the same time, right now, what's going on in this day and time, like shit, it ain't enough available resources for the people that's here already. I'm to our jobs, I still like for black people. I'm trying convictions is what, you know what I'm saying, basically hinder a lot of our people from even getting jobs right now. Mm. You know, my prime example, I just came home. So let me ask you this question. If we told you that the Venezuelans was here to work on a farm. Don't get me wrong, them are jobs that people won't work for. Because man, at the same time, the history of black folks working in the cotton field, that's like automatically perceived as slavery. You know what I'm saying? Because man, you out in the sun all day. I'm telling man, they slavery constantly working, regardless of the fact of them being from somewhere else. I'm telling man, I just, I feel now, I feel like if anybody work for me, uh, my pay at a livable wage, period. I ain't gonna try to, I'll try to slave nobody. I, that's insulting for somebody, you know what I'm saying? I offer somebody that less amount of money to work. Man, they got all and the so what, what I'm saying is, do you think that it's, it's a combativeness in the system between black people and Venezuelans? No, it's just when immigrants come over here, they are giving more. They are they are giving the um, funds to be able to help them through their transition over here, which is basically um, they use what the asylum, yeah, asylum seekers, mm -hmm. you know, and that right there is money put to the side or allocated for them. Causes. And the um, what you call it, yeah, yeah sanctuary city, yeah. And they basically just talking about it this morning, talking about that man. Illinois basically didn't turn into a border state. Man, because everybody, they send them straight here. From yeah. Texas, straight here. New York, yeah. uh, California, Michigan. Chicago, we are the sanctuary yep. cities. And so, man, so many people are coming directly here, you know how to speak English. <laughs> and I'm trying, man, they, 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 getting, they getting what they are. Um, Do you think it's a profit? For who, the Venezuelans? The Venezuelans. To take on those jobs? Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, I own land, but I ain't gonna pay nobody no four dollars. That's the one thing. Actually, you have to self-teach because, man, throughout history, the land that people have bought from—I mean, that did have land in Mississippi, Alabama, um, Georgia, places like that. I'm saying, man, the banks, <laughs> the banks basically were swept them from, swept them pieces of land from up under. Can I please? Get your basically, name? the no, nah, I can't give you my name, bro. And this is my last question for you. Do you think that people will suffer when people who are willing to work for less come in? Yeah, all day long. In what way? Financially. Financially all day long. Because, man, if you're not going to accept, you know what I'm saying, a wage that is not livable, I'm sorry, man, 15 bucks an hour is technically really, you know what I'm saying, they call it the border. They call it the borderline, $15. As being, you know, the minimal, you know, um, the cost to live out. But that's even below. So, no, no, I'm telling man, blacks would not be advanced if you got that many people study taking on them jobs at that low price. But the, the the good the good part about it, see, they clean together though. That's the difference between they do. them and us. I'm telling man. But not only that, when they do obtain property or land 
they all pitch in to get it. Can I complete the day with the Mexicans? You, you right about that. My bad. I did. I just did that. So I'm mad. Keep them separated. I'm but what I want to say is this. Um, I appreciate you for talking to us, man. Yeah. We Indigo Magazine. Yeah. Any one of y'all magazines in the joint, dude. You know what I'm saying? Built to location, that everybody supports, you know what I'm saying? Being the word on the street. We're in a bad situation right now. You know We're in a bad situation, bro. Yeah, no doubt about it. They just skipped over us like, you know what I'm saying? And when, when the projects failed, did they place everybody right away? Mm -hmm. They had to wait. They had to wait. Yeah, no doubt. And they still don't got it. Being honest. Yeah, yeah. that's how our country treat us, bro. They lock us up. What's your name, bro? McCall. M-C-C-A-L-L. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Hey, listen, uh, Ryan McCall. I, mean, I, I like ask what y'all doing, though. I do. I like what y'all doing, though. You're trying to do hey, something. Hey, look, we yo. just black. Yeah, no doubt and about so, it, but yeah, we just black. That's and cool. so, that's smart. <laughs> I got to get that to you, bro. That's smart. That's a good deal. Yeah, we just black. We just and black. so, we just want to see what's going on, bro. Yeah. I can't believe it's happening. You know, I had to sit there for four years. I obeyed the rules. This is back before you was born. I'm 50. I got 30 years on you on these streets. I've been shot up all. I got a son your age. I've been through all of that, shit, and I'm still okay, thank God. Yes, you know, Good. in your heart, man, you'll do anything, anything. That's all you need. But in the do you meanwhile, think it's more spiritual for black people than it is for everybody else. I think so. Yeah, it holds you through religion. People know how to control through religion. That's why you got a lot of bad preachers. Yeah. Do you feel like that they're taking our resources? No doubt about it. It comes up with that. That's what comes. What I'm saying. We don't got it like that. We don't. We gotta look out for us first. Thank you. Bro. God bless you. I really hope you guys enjoyed that segment. This next segment is featuring Uber and Lyft driver who happens to be of Spanish descent. Her name is Elizabeth. She had an interesting point of view concerning the migrants in Chicago. Enjoy. So Elizabeth. How do you feel about the Venezuelans coming to Chicago? Oh, my goodness. I'm Hispanic, but I don't You say you're Spanish? I'm Hispanic. Oh, you are Spanish. But I don't have that. Why not? Let's tell you why. Some of them, they're coming to work, right? Yes. But uh, there is a bunch of them, they come take advantage of the system. They can manage, like, they, they come and they demand that, they, you know, they're not grateful. They demand. Mm -hmm. And I've been taking a lot of Venezuelans. Like, hey, you should be grateful that this country is open the doors for you. Mm -hmm. And instead of be waiting, they give you a place to stay. They give you phone. They give you clothes. They got you everything. And yeah. you're still demanding, oh, I want a house. I hate that. I mean, and I let them know, you know. Not all your brothers and sisters from a different country, they got that, you know, that lucky. You guys are so lucky, you know, and you should be grateful. You should be, you know, oh, no, it's not going to work. Oh, on my country, I'm an engineer. So, like, they gave more, our country gave them more to them than they gave even to yeah, the Mexicans? Anybody, anybody. I'm not talking about Mexicans, I take Anybody, anybody. They say, oh yeah, but we're gonna pay with our, with our oil, with the petroleum. I'm like, who mm. the hell, you know, care about your oil or something? Right, you know? right. And then they always, oh, 
So you feel like they're taking resources from us. Yes. And I think the government, they shouldn't do that, you know. They mm-hmm. shouldn't stop that. Because, you know, when my mom and my dad brought me, because they brought me at the younger age, hey, because I want to say, hey, I'm just stopping, let's go. Mm-hmm. And he had nothing to say, like, no, or something else. You but, took the opportunity and you worked to make it work for you. That's what I'm saying. One thing know? about Mexicans I noticed is you all are hard workers. And that's what I'm saying. I mean... This is not your country. So behave. When mm-hmm. you go to somewhere else's house, you behave. You follow the rules. And like, oh, I'm gonna come and break the rules. No, like that somebody comes to your house and do mm. what they wanna do. You gotta adjust. You gotta understand. This is not your country. They open the door for you. They let you work. Okay, do what you have to do. And that's how I tell the people from Venezuela because they're like, oh no. I'm waiting for they get me the house. Who do you think you are? No. I mean, if you want a house, work for the house, you know? United States is, you know, it's known like, oh, yeah, if something has happened to any other country, oh, no, we're going to jump on there, you know? Mm-hmm. We're going to save them. Mm-hmm. It's the savior to every other country. Savior to other countries. But let me tell you this. And you agree? Or probably disagree with me. Yes, they will say this, but they're going to take something from them. It's not like, oh, they're going to say it. Uh-uh. How you when feel we, about them when we have our own homeless population? You know what? And they want money. They get a voucher for clothes? And, and they got free clothes. They got free phones. Oh, they got free phones. Oh, yeah. They got everything. I didn't know that. Until, you know, I... And free food. Everything. Green card. There was money. And I just said, this country opened the doors for all those people. Okay. So it's not going to be for nothing in the oh, end. Oh, no. So you don't think the Venezuelans are grateful? No, they're alive. They're not. But some of them... Just a few. I did find a few people. Mm-hmm. They're very grateful. That they're working. That they're doing what they're doing is the best. And they say, "Hey, we can't stop because we're here." Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. Take care. <laughs> thank you. You too. What an interesting point of view from Elizabeth, our local Uber and Lyft driver. Now, this final segment features. A Southeast Sider. Tune in as he and I chop it up about how he really feels about the migrants and so much more. So I want to just ask you about the Venezuelans and the immigrants. How do you feel about them coming to Chicago and basically the role of the government to kind of sustain them while they're here? Let's look at the history of the United States. This is an immigrant country, regardless of what these people want to say, because all you came over here and took it from the Indians at the end of the day. So that was the foundation of here. Period. What do you think is the compromise with, I guess, Venezuelans and even those Mexicans who came over here rightfully, the right way, to upgird themselves in a nation of opportunity and uh, made it happen for themselves? In a, in a way that was legalized. But now these illegal people come here and then we sustain them. 
what do you think is the compromise? No, it's like you say about the American dream. The image that we portray, what we project to the world, to be one of the world's most powerful um, countries, period. Land of the home and the free, you know, this is the spot. But we have fine print. You know, it's like you can't have a favorite child. You can't you can't pick and choose who you do what you do for. I think my question is, do you think that they're taking the resources from general American citizens? It's pretty much like asking a parent who is their favorite child. True parents know their children. And the thing about being parents is you accommodate. Each child don't need the same thing. And whereas one thing about the black race, we were put in a position where we always have to be resilient, if that makes sense. You know, like you say, we had no reparation. We never, we were forced here. So you got to look at it from that perspective. Whereas we were forced here and then to gain our freedom and then to be like, all right, y'all free, here you go. We need to help. We never really got the 40 acres in the middle. We never really got it. And so then, whereas other races do come here and they get privileges that we were never allowed. So do you think that the scale is tipped unevenly because black people feel feel like they haven't gotten their, their due, their just due? Right now, we're in a situation where we're becoming irritated. Do you think that irritation, that honest irritation of we're struggling, here it is. I just heard today that they're receiving income as far as stamps and, you know, food stamps, welfare. Uh, The immigrants are are receiving welfare. And uh, they're also being promised homes, being promised uh, housing, and being promised basically the things that we've been on waiting lists for. I think a lot of people feel like it's okay because we have the resources, but uh, I think it's the but that we're looking for. What is the but? No, what is the but? And that's, that's the big question. What is the but? Sometimes we as a race, we can be our own worst enemy. We're so divided. We're we divided. Are. Black people are divided, I enjoy what you're saying. Black people are so divided because where I, it's such a bigger picture. It's a, it's an end game to everything. And whereas they say, oh, well, you know, y'all always want to play the race card. It's just like you say, we were never allowed a level playing ground. We were not. 1960 was not that long ago. 1960 was yesterday. They got... Daddy Daly saying, shoot them to kill. I can't, I, I don't want to misquote it. What year that was, that was in the late 60s. I was born in 74. You kind of like saw the upcoming to this. Um, You saw the struggle of black people. I was born in 90. Uh, so I think that I even saw less. But because you've seen so much, how does that, it's a book called Plantation by a Different Means. Okay. And whereas I read that in the mid-90s, 
it was like, wow. They say they pushed the they pushed the plantation fence back farther. They allowed more niggas in the house, and it's like we don't see that. We don't get that because smoke and mirrors. I don't know if that makes sense. It's like we as a race, we're our own worst enemy. Okay, and it hurt. It's hurtful. Because it took me to get to my late 30s, my early 40s, to realize what my mother and father was saying because mm. they were conscious. And I'm like, oh, you know, I don't want to hear that. My dad talked about being in the Army in the 50s and the racial discrimination he faced and this and that. But one thing I realized when I went in the military, I got a Red Cross message that my uncle died. And whereas my uncle had been active in my life since I was three, when my uncle died, I was 20 years old. And in the message read that my father, brother died to have Petty Officer Deer call home. And the commander who read it to me said, this message say your father, brother died. Do you know your father? That was the first time I faced the situation. And I was so appalled and so offended. And I remember I was... I was 19 years old. I said, contrary to most beliefs, sir, I was not hatched. My mother and father was married 21 years before I was conceived. You have to get your house in order. Do you feel like home is not being taken care of? Yes, I do. I feel like home is not being taken care of. It is so many privileges and benefits that we can have, period. And... Let me clarify. This right now, I'm not even saying black or white or any other nationality. It's a whole it's a whole bunch of other benefits in other countries. Why is it that you can go in Europe, you can get your whole bachelor's degree for free? Whereas New York just made it official where you can get your associates for free. We're a power nation. When you say we're, you mean we uh, are Chicago, the nation. United States. United States. Okay. Why we are not allowed to educate our people? For free. For free. Do you feel, I asked some another gentleman and uh, a young lady this, um, do you feel that if America gave black people free education, period, that that will be reparation for us in this country? I won't say reparation, but I believe it would be a start to a new chapter. If that makes sense. Honestly, I love, I really love that because that's such a refreshing and legitimate question. You know, you can't have me as a child and I'm in need. And then you go adopt, not even adopt or have a new child. And you don't try to take care of that child before you take care of me. I get it. I get it. You can't have 400 years of oppression against the people and never fix it and then adopt another group of people and fix all of their problems. Let's take care of this. I try to refrain from making it a race issue. I really do. That's who I am. But it is a race issue. I think that people look at the black race like they're so resilient. It's like... Do you think 
that these facilities that were once closed down for everybody in the community, I'm talking about black, white, Chinese, Mexican, American, I'm talking about Americans. We closed these places down for Americans, but we opened them up for them. What is the outrage there? Can you verbalize that? No, mm -hmm. the level playing ground. Like you said earlier, it's a level playing ground. Whereas, just like we said, immigrants, Whereas they come here, they're looking for a better opportunity. And whereas they come here for that better opportunity, we are allowing them over here. They didn't actually be put in this mix. They don't know. Um, well, a lot of them were actually breaking the border to get in the mix. So I have to disagree with you there. I think that there was a law that was put in place by our former president, Donald Trump, to make them have to go through a procedure or green car procedure, or whatever that procedure was. Uh, that procedure was uh, cut off, it was reversed, it was open uh, season, basically, for sanctuary cities, which is what Chicago is. Uh, places like New York, California, and Chicago. And so we got the flood of these uh, individuals, these families, these people, and we accommodated them. But um, I think the plight of the people becomes, what about us? And we've interviewed a lot of people so far from the West, the South Sides, um, people even of or Spanish heritage, I would say. And it's been different. It's been good, but it's also been indifferent and sometimes very bad. I want to know, where do you live? And has it impacted where you live? Not at this point. But to see them, them talking about 55th Engaged Park, for them moving in that field house and for them coming. And whereas I'm I'm more, I'm very compassionate. I'm a very compassionate person. But like I say, it gets so tricky when you talk about the forest and the trees because it is a bigger picture. And it's just like I say, to be a child and I've been needing for this long and to see you do for my younger sibling. Like, we portray this image of the land of the home and free, freedom of speech, sanctuary, come here. They brought that dream, and they came here because of that dream. What does America get in return? Overpopulation. We are no longer uh, the farmhands. We are no longer the people who's working in the field from sun up to sun Wait, down. Wait, I'm not um, trying to be rude. But however, we are still hard workers. But does that make a difference when you bring in another group of people that's willing to work for less? The reality of it all is the position we as a race of people have been put in is like we're so resilient and we have so much potential. And the way I really feel, I think that everybody around us see that and know it. And I think everybody throw monkey wrenches in that. And I think at the same time, while we're dealing with monkey wrenches coming from everybody else, we also are our own worst enemies. From the 60s to the 70s, we lost something. Please spell your first name. W-R-I-G-L-E-Y. And where are you from? Chicago, Illinois. East side, born and raised on the south side. Well, that's it for us with this special edition of Indigo Studios Podcast. This has been a special edition of Indigo Studios Podcast. 
Tune in next month with Hermine Hartman and Indigo Studio. Goodbye. time to invest in you. City Colleges of Chicago can support you with a world-class education, whatever your goal is. Get started with summer classes at City Colleges. Apply now at ccc.edu apply.